So the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh. USC wide receiver Gary Bryant Jr., he made it official. He's in the portal. But there's more potential movement being talked about. And I'll tell you who on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching it on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, as a reminder, we are free. And I want to thank all of you for coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, do me a favor. There's a red subscribe button. Hit it. Click it. It means a whole heck of a lot. And I always want to say thank you and show my appreciation to those of you who already have. Okay, so while it's not unexpected to see Gary leave, you know, we've been talking about it uh, over the last few weeks, a couple months, uh, ever since he decided to redshirt. Um, we are see Scott Schrader has put in a prediction for a couple of uh, priority needs. And so, like I mentioned, you know, we know that Gary Bryant is now into the portal, but um, USC is always getting players through the portal. It seems like they're getting more than than leaving, and it's at positions of need. So I told you yesterday about the defensive lineman uh, Jack Sullivan becoming a Trojan, the senior who developed uh, in the Big Ten at Purdue. Well, He's going to be able to shed some of that knowledge and what to expect uh, to the USC players, especially the younger ones who will be around in 2024 when USC heads over to the Big Ten. But his the more important role he'll be filling is in 2023 uh, because he's filling a need with Tuli Tuiapoloto moving on to the NFL. And then so the question is, is he a better player uh, than Nick Figueroa, uh, who's also, you know, used up his eligibility. And if he is, that's a positive addition. And we also know that uh, Jack isn't going to, you know, he's probably not a dummy he, since he, you know, started his college career at Purdue. Strong, strong engineering school. Oh, and they also have the biggest bass drum in the world. Yeah, if you're into bands and watching halftime shows, you'll like, a, you'll enjoy their their big bass drum. It's, uh, by the way, real quickly, I think that thing stands at over uh, 10 feet tall when it's on its uh, carriage that they pull across the field. So, you know, every while everyone is, wants to, you know, kind of ride Alex Grinch out of town on a rail, um, if Scott Schrader's new prediction is accurate, um, and he, it's usually pretty on point, that means... Uh, Anthony Lucas, the defensive tackle from Texas A&M, uh, who's currently in the transfer portal, is going to also be joining USC in time for spring camp. Now, again, this is a prediction, uh, but this is coming on the heels of, uh, of the, the official visit that Lucas took to USC. 
This would be significant for a couple of reasons. Obviously, uh, Lucas fills a huge hole uh, in the middle of the defensive line. Both he and uh, Kyron Bars, the transfer from Arizona, that's a solid combination. <clears throat> and but it also gives Lincoln Riley, you know, from a, uh, you know, from Alex Grinch's point of view and from the coaching staff's point of view, it gives, this gives Lincoln Riley something to kind of lean on uh, when the question comes up regarding impact players who want to play defense at USC with Alex in Alex Grinch's system. So assuming this comes to fruition, that's another feather uh, in both of their caps. Lincoln can also point to this being two years in a row that the roster is being upgraded through the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, Brandon Peely, he's graduated, and God bless Stanley Taufo, but Stanley's not the answer in the middle, and it's not for a lack of effort on his part. Remember, he wasn't recruited to come to USC to play over the ball and nose tackle, defensive tackle. Kyron Bars, Anthony Lucas, these guys are made to play this role. Uh, also, you know, keep in mind, last year, USC, through the transfer portal, brought in Eric Gentry and Shane Lee at linebacker. This year so far through the portal, they have Mason Cobb, the linebacker from Oklahoma State, and Jamil, Jamil Muhammad, the linebacker from Georgia State. Both of these guys, you know, when you look at their numbers, they're tackling machines. If you watched USC play defense in 2022, they weren't a tackling machine. They were the antithesis of a tackling machine. It looks like they needed to work with a tackling machine. But I digress. Um, Lincoln Riley said on early signing day, that the front seven was going to be a point of emphasis. So if they continue to you know, work the portal like they have been, uh, it's it's a positive and, and hopefully these guys are an improvement uh, over what USC had available to them in 2022. Again, not to disrespect the old roster, but we USC and that roster needs a, they need bigger, stronger, faster players to compete for championships. You don't believe me? If you were watching the uh, college football national championship game this evening on Monday as I'm recording the show, you know exactly what I'm referring to. Uh, so getting, getting Anthony Lucas on the roster, it gets them, it gets Lincoln Riley, uh, it gets Alex Grinch, um, it gets the team closer and, uh, the portal will be open again, uh, after spring camps are over in May. So let, let's see what, you know, what lands, let's see in the end, what lands on the defensive side of the ball. I know again, everybody wants to see the defensive get defense get better. And they're not sure if Alex Grinch is the answer. We're going to find out soon. But that's not all. The offensive line. So it wasn't just uh, Scott Schrader making a prediction that USC is going to land Anthony Lucas. Others in the industry as well uh, started to jump on board with that uh, that feeling. So, like I said, sooner rather than later, uh, because uh, classes 
classes started on Monday at USC, and you've got to be enrolled by a certain date, uh, especially if you want to be able to uh, partake in spring camp and workouts. But that wasn't all. He also predicted that the offensive line is about to get a boost. Jarrett Kingston, the offensive tackle from Washington State, is now trending big to USC. Six foot five, 302 pounds. He started the first nine games for the Cougs. Uh, in 2022, and then he uh, suffered a leg injury, and it forced him to miss the rest of the season. Uh, but he can also play guard because um, he's played that he played that position in 20, 2020 and 2021. So he's, I, I guess, if you were to say, you know, what is his strong suit? He's a better run blocker than maybe pass protector. That's a positive. And then earlier in the week. Uh, you know, Kingston, he visited Ohio State, and at that time, uh, you know, Ohio State felt really good about the visit, but, you know, again, USC's in the Pac-12, Kingston's from NoCap, Northern California, he's more familiar with the conference playing at Washington State. Um, if the feeling is accurate, and if the, the trend is is feeling that it's USC, Kingston immediately uh, adds depth to the to the offensive line, and he joins uh, Michael Michael Tarquin, the offensive tackle who um, committed from Florida, who's already in the fold. Rem uh, just a reminder, Tarquin uh, he probably got a really good um, uh, letter of approval or letter of recommendation from Tony Baselli former Trojan Hall of Famer. Uh, Tarquin is dating Baselli's daughter. So as I mentioned, classes started, will started on Monday, depending on when you're watching this episode of Locked on USC. So we're going to know soon uh, whether these predictions are on point and accurate. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you you got to get a built bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. Not a lot, just a little. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, uh, you don't want to compromise taste, then man, I've got a thing for you. You got to try built. With built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. They're the perfect New Year New Year's resolution. And what makes built built bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. Yep, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably really tasty flavors like churro, peanut butter, uh, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. And I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy. They're only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and they only and they come with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab your box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs, or if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box of their hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. 
you can thank me later. Okay, thanks once again for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Hey, make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear it from the big name experts, the insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Real quick reminder on, since we just mentioned basketball, USC host Colorado Thursday night at Galen, and then again, they host Utah on Saturday at Galen Center. Get your butts in the seats. Football season's over. Class has just started. There's not a lot going on. Support the team. All right. Uh, most of, uh, by the time most of you are uh, seeing this episode, I will have attended Lincoln Riley's State of the Union roundtable discussion that is happening on Tuesday. Tuesday morning. Uh, he's anticipated to uh, provide a review of 2021, his first year, excuse me, 2022, his first year at USC. And then he's going to give a perspective on what to look forward to in 2023. Now, I'm not going to, there won't be any video or audio recordings available, um, uh, or there won't be any live tweeting from this event. Um, However, uh, we will be able to uh, provide some uh, some quotes from Lincoln Riley on the record after we uh, after we sit through the after we sit with the roundtable and, and have the discussion. So, with that, uh, I'm going to have to work on my shorthand, make sure I get some good notes. Someone asked me on WeRSC.com um, if Riley should replace Alex Grinch. I said I would answer that question tomorrow, Tuesday. Why? Because I wanted to hear Riley's 2022 year in review, and I wanted to hear his perspective on 2023 before I made a firm decision one way or the other. I felt I, I felt that would be fair. I've offered some very strong opinion um, on whether I feel Lincoln Riley is up to the task and I'm not talking about leading USC. I'm talking about making some really difficult decisions with his staff. Some people thought it was stupid. I thought it was insightful and asking the hard question. Um, but again, I want to hear how Lincoln answers these questions after a couple of weeks of self-reflection. Um, you know, two weeks or roughly two weeks after, uh, you know, I want to see if he feels differently than he did during the heat of the moment, right after that epic meltdown in the Cotton Bowl. That, uh, yeah, that was really rough, really hard to watch, but we're all over it. It's time to move forward. Positive. And look, I'm, I'm sure he's going to go into depth about the defense and everything that's associated. Uh, and I'm sure he's going to, sh- you know, he'll share, you know, equal blame for the way the team was, for the way the team was prepared. But at the same time, uh, you know, bring up the, the fact about how the team is accountable for their actions and their execution. So we'll see. Like I said, I'm interested to see how that conversation goes. Uh, so it, for me, it's 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 how he answers, you know, the questions and and his opening, you know, his statement, how he sees things. Uh, is he willing to? you know, make any fundamental changes um, if he plans on retaining 
retaining Grinch. You know, is this where we find out the uh, he's getting the vote of confidence speech? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, does does Lincoln lean on his and Grinch's ability to bring players in through the portal? You know, because he's saying we're trying to upgrade the roster. Um, he he's got. I, I mentioned in the first segment. He's got that. He's got that ammunition to kind of lean back on, to lean against. Say, hey, you know, we brought in Eric Gentry. We brought in Shane Lee last year. This year we're bringing in so-and-so. And and look who we've recruited so far. It'll be, like I said, um, the narrative that, that Lincoln uses will tell me how I should answer that question. On yesterday's show, um, I asked if he's if Lincoln was ready to change the country's narrative uh, regarding the way people perceive Lincoln um, and having the need for a championship defense. Uh, Georgia looks pretty good, damn good on offense in the in the conference in their excuse me in the national title game against TCU. They throttled. And they, I mean, when I say throttled TCU, remember um, the Horn Frogs offensive coordinator under Sonny Dykes is Lincoln's younger brother. The last time I looked at the scoreboard, uh, because I, I literally, I turned that game off at halftime. It was over. It was over. Um, the last time I checked the score, there was about three and a half minutes left to play in the game, and Georgia was leading 65 to 7. I think it was 38 to 7 at halftime. That 65 to 7 score makes 55 to 19 look like a competitive game. The Georgia defense looked like it was on a different level than TCU. And USC doesn't need to get to that level. They have an offense that can produce what and look like what Georgia's offense looked like. They just need to be close to that level. Let me put it to you this way. I was on the Inside the Trojan Huddle, uh, wrc.com's Inside the Trojan Huddle weekly podcast. And Bruce Bagney raised the point about, you know, what if the USC defense is just 50% better? Well, if the USC defense was 50% better in 2022, we're not having this discussion because USC is probably in the playoffs. And 50% better just means executing better, tackling, not giving up big plays uh, in the secondary. Uh, Because remember, USC led the nation in plus minus. The takeaways, they were off the charts. No one was close. And USC's not going to achieve those same types of takeaway numbers in 2023. It would be great if they did. It would be great if they had 50, 60, 75% of those numbers. That's <laughs> that's how far USC set the bar uh, with all those takeaways. It was just an incredible number. So Alex Grinch was on the airplane with Lincoln Riley when they arrived in L.A. back in 2021. 
maybe Riley now feels more comfortable. And if he's, you know, again, if he decide whatever he's deciding to do, maybe he now feels more comfortably comfortable um, after being in LA for a couple of years that he can, uh, he'll feel, he'll feel more secure or confident to, uh, to, I don't know, cut that safety cord um, while at the same time, making sure that, you know, his friend doesn't, you know, doesn't end up taking the fall for what happened in 2022. That wouldn't be fair. I, I, I think the calculus and everyone's expectations um, got reset when USC got that 11th win and they were playing in the conference championship game. So um, hit, I get, I'll just close this out, this out with Lincoln's answers um, on Tuesday in the round table, his, you know, reviewing of 2022 and looking forward to 2023. I think that's going to shed some light and I'll, I'm going to have some updates over here on locked on USC for y'all uh, on Wednesday's episode. But in the meantime, I think this, uh, I guess we'll call it a press conference is going to at least give me some, some insight to where Lincoln is, or at least I hope to, uh, I, I hope to get some insight out of this. All right. So if you hadn't heard, I'm about to tell you, Reggie Bush was selected to be inducted into the college football hall of fame class of 2023. It's about time. And that's a heck of an honor just to show you who he's being inducted with. The 2023 class includes uh, Eric Berry, defensive back from Tennessee from 2007 through 2009. I'm not going to th go through all the dates. I'll just finish with the names. Quarterback Michael Bishop, Kansas State. I mentioned Reggie Bush. Dwight Freeney, defensive end, Syracuse. Robert Gallery, offensive tackle from Iowa. LaMichael James, running back, Oregon. Derek Johnson, the linebacker from Texas. Bill Collar, defensive tackle from Montana State. Luke Keishley, the linebacker from Boston College. Jeremy Macklin, wide receiver, Missouri. Terrence Mathis, wide receiver, New Mexico. Bryant McKinney, offensive tackle, Miami, Florida. Corey Moore, defensive line, Virginia Tech. Michael Stonebreaker, linebacker, Notre Dame. Tim Tebow, quarterback, Florida. Troy Vincent, DB, Wisconsin. Brian Westbrook, the running back from Villanova. And D'Angelo Williams, another running back from Memphis. It's a pretty nice list of names there. Um, you, I'm sure most of you recognize pretty much, I would say 90% of them. Uh, there's just a couple on there that I had to kind of remind myself on. Obviously, Bill Collar, from, the defensive tackle from Montana State being one of them. Uh, but again, that's a really nice class that Reggie Bush is going to be a part of. So is this an indication of where things are heading? with the uh, return of his Heisman Trophy? It better be, because this whole freaking hypocrisy has got to come to an end. I'm tired of it. You know, it's interesting. In in the, uh, the, the resume of Reggie Bush and why he's being chosen for the College Football Hall of Fame, they actually mention uh, how he came in fifth place in the Heisman voting the year Matt won the award, Matt Leinart, 
uh, but they don't mention the year he actually won the piece of bronze. Give him his freaking trophy back. Put that sucker back up inside Heritage Hall where it belongs. Put his jersey back up in the peristyle end of the Coliseum where it belongs. And let's end this charade. I'm tired of the hypocrisy. You know, it's funny. In the days where everyone wants to rewrite history and erase what happened and right the wrongs that have happened. Um, it, it, I don't know. It just seems like a, there would be a bigger public outcry for this wrong to be righted. And this is something that certain entities want to use. Uh, I, I don't know if this is something that I, you know, if you're against Reggie Bush getting that Heisen back, I don't know if this is really a hill you want to plant your battle flag on, um, considering what's going on in the NIL world of today. Because the NCAA has literally, well, they haven't really given their blessing or carte blanche uh, to high schoolers becoming millionaires because all they're doing now is looking the other way. When they looked the other way, the entire time the SEC uh, were were paying players illegally. So, you know, I'm not sure um, what's going to happen, <laughs> but I think it would be great. This is a perfect opening, USC for USC to maybe say something for others in the media who carry more weight and cachet than I do, because I'm literally, there's a lot of people out there, um, to maybe, hey, let's talk about this. Let's make this a discussion point. Uh, because when Reggie Bush is introduced at the Hall of Fame inductions, it should be Reggie Bush, Heisman Trophy winner, 2005. That needs to be part of his introduction. One last thing before we get out of here. It looks like AT&T has found their replacement for LeBron James. And I'm happy about that. If you don't know by now, I'm not a LeBron James fan. He's killed my love for the Lakers. Anyways, um, Caleb Williams has signed a deal with the cellular company. I'm not sure what the terms of his deal are, although I'm sure they're pretty lucrative. Uh, but he has a new haircut. And he's starting to get that corporate look. So uh, I guess we all know that Caleb Williams is going to be around for one more year. We know he's got the Heisman Trophy. It's going to be really difficult to repeat. But I cannot wait to see his first Heisman House commercial uh, with Matt Leiner, Carson Palmer. And if everyone else in the world who is... Uh, holding Reggie Bush's Heisman hostage can pull their heads out of there. You know what? Maybe Reggie can even make a cameo in, in that Heisman house commercial. Imagine all the Trojans who are still available, who have won the Heisman. Can make a whole commercial just with USC. <laughs> Somehow or another, I don't think OJ Simpson's going to be getting an invitation, but who knows? <laughs> in today's world, 
I should not be surprised by anything. That one would surprise me. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> All right, so that's it for this episode of Locked on USC. Uh, make sure you go check out uh, the stuff. We've got the written, a bunch of written content over there on wrsc.com. There's our grip of stuff with regards to recruiting, portal movement, uh, some great opinion pieces. But as always, I need to remind everybody, over there you get some really great VIP content. But everything you get over here at Locked On USC is free. And we're your first listen every single day. Because we come at you five days a week. So, until the next episode of US Locked on USC, everyone, you know what to do.